Hey, warriors, welcome to the Untamed Life podcast, where we are breaking free from those chains of the past and rising to lead extraordinary lives. I believe it's time for us to ditch the rules of this world that are keeping us enslaved in the grind, playing from behind, and instead opt into a conscious and strategic upgrade, one that is founded in spiritual principles that can only be accessed through the power of the heart. So if you are craving deeper, more meaningful relationships, vibrant bodies full of life force, true prosperity in all arenas, and a life of adventure, this podcast is for you. My name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high-performance coach and spiritual mentor, and together we will awaken the king or queen you are destined to be so that you can experience the fullness of life that's waiting for you. Let's dive in. All right, all right. Welcome back to another episode, another conversation. It's Christine Jewell. And you know, today I want to talk about identity. I want to really jump on here for those of us who are maybe struggling with confidence right now. Maybe we're struggling with imposter syndrome right now. Maybe we're in this season of life where we're just like, you know, I don't even know who I am anymore. Really what lights me up. Uh, I don't really know myself. And it's funny that, you know, a lot of people that I work with and certainly in my own line, my own life, I've come to these stages a couple times where I have sort of (laughs) woke up, not suddenly, I mean, obviously nothing happens, boom, just like that. But you sort of look in the mirror one day after going through the motions, going through, you know, the day to day, getting things done, doing the same things day in and day out, showing up for the business, showing up for the family, showing up for the work, you know, doing so much of what we do repetitively out of behavior, out of pattern. And then all of a sudden we sort of like look in the mirror and we, you ever stand there in the mirror and look at yourself and be like, who is that person looking back at me? Like, do I really know this person? And it's funny because for, um, one of my favorite questions to ask clients and ask myself is, you know, what lights you up? What makes you feel alive? What makes you really feel like yourself, you know? And it is incredible. It is incredible how many people cannot answer that question because we are so in the doing. We forget about the being. We are so in the grind and the doing and the hustle and the pressure cooker of every day that we don't get to really experience, right? We don't really get to have the depth and the richness of the experience of, of life, of enjoying what it is that we're doing oftentimes, the work that we're here to do, the family environments, you know, we're on vacation, we're on a date night, we're playing with our kids. You ever felt like even numb, right? It's like, I'm here, but I'm not really here. You know, I'm distracted. It feels like you're somewhere else. So I really want to just start a series here. I've been inspired <clears throat> for a couple reasons. Number one is I've had people, you know, reach out in, in the DMs with struggling with moving beyond the past into the new life, into the new life that is calling them into the new life God has for them, into the new season, the new work, the new mission. And yet there's this part of us that is so blinded and so chained and so just you know, constricted by the past that sometimes we can't get past that old identity of us. So it inspired me to start a series on identity, on who we are, you know, at our core. And as we get to upgrade the way that we view ourselves, the way that we know ourselves, the relationship we have with ourselves, because don't we all want more confidence, right? Don't we all want to have come into a room and feel confident and clear and, and bold and, you know, articulate and all of those things. 
Don't we all want to have that level of certainty? But really that level of certainty and that level of confidence is a knowing. It's a knowing that is in your bones, in your cells, in the fiber of your being about who you are, what you stand for, right? Like who you are at your core, not just the superficial layers of your job title and all that. So I want to start today specifically by looking at what we're not, who we're not. I think before we get clear on like who we are, we have to begin to strip away the layers of BS, the layers of lies, the layers of programming that we have been taught, that we have caught along the way, that we have picked up, you know, that really blind us. They blind us and they inhibit us from moving forward into what I call miracle territory. And we're going to do a series here. I'm not sure yet how many shows we're going to do around this. And uh, I'm going to be creating a free live masterclass where I'm going to dive deeper and do some workshopping around this with you guys. So if you're interested in that, make sure that you check out the links in the show notes. You, you click on that link tree and you click on that masterclass that's coming up because we are really going to unpack, you know, the, the characteristics of leaders who multiply and prosper in all areas. When we talk about characteristics, we're talking about character, right? The identity of the man, the woman who is multiplying and prospering in relationships and health and wealth and like all areas of life, not one at the expense of every other area. So let's, let's unpack this idea. You know, right now I invite you to consider in your life, you know, is there anywhere where you are struggling in terms of really stepping into fully owning the identity of the man, the woman that, you know, I don't want to say deserves, but really is created for this beautiful life that you are created for an amazing marriage, right? A thriving business, a, a family that's healthy and connected, a body that feels amazing to be in. Maybe it's adventure that you're craving. You know, I'm, I'm an adventure junkie at heart. I love to get in the mountains. I love to be in the ocean. I love the rivers. I like the jungle. I like to go in the unknown spaces. And so Sometimes we want more of these things in our life, but we're not embodying the identity and the character of someone who sustainably experiences these things in their life. Um, and again, it doesn't matter what it is that you want to create more of, experience more of. Identity is everything, everything, how you view yourself, how you think about yourself, who you think you are, who you think you're not. So let's unpack some things real quick. I want to start, I'm actually pulled up chapter eight of my upcoming book. Yeah, I just finished the manuscript. I'm so excited. I'm in edits. It's pretty exciting. I know this has taken a really long time. It's been a baby. It's been a process. Um, but I'm excited about how this is coming together and I'm now rereading the whole thing. So I pulled up chapter eight where I'm talking about identity and remembering who we are, remembering who we're not, because we do forget who we are. This is all a journey in remembering, a journey in coming back home. So today I want to unpack maybe five or six things that we are definitely not. So we can just remove that lens. We can remove that lens of confusion. We can remove that veil of deception. We can remove that fog and we can start saying, well, if I'm not that, then who am I? Right. And, uh, we don't have all that background noise whispering in our ears. That's like, Oh, you know, you're faking it or you, you think you're that, but you're really this. So I'm big on addressing the thing, addressing the elephant in the room. Let's just get right down to it. So number one, you know, I want to talk about those ego beliefs, you know, the ego gets attached and it 
things like who I am. And, and I want to say, you know, first of all, number one is I am not the identities and personalities that I have picked up along the way, right? I mean, the world has taught us to be defined by what we do, how much we accomplished, our relationship status. Think about it. When you go to a party or you're first introduced to someone, the question is almost immediate. It's so ingrained in us. It's like, well, what do you do? You know, it's kind of like, what role do you play in life? As if our worth is intrinsically tied to the work that we're doing. And we come home and we tell each other what we did today and look what I did and what did you do? And slowly we become these human doings, right? And our entire identities are becoming wrapped around, entangled with our doing instead of our being. And I'll be the first one to raise my hand and admit, like I did this for years. I still catch myself sometimes and I'm very conscious of that when I meet people, I don't go right into, oh, what do you do? <laughs> right? As if that defines everything about them because how many judgments, if you're honest with yourself, when you do ask someone what they do or you discover what they do, how many subtle below the surface judgments about that doing, <laughs> that position, that role, whatever, do you have? I mean, there's a slew of them, right? And so it's funny as I was thinking about this and thinking about some of the conferences I've been and the couples that I've met along the way or, or people that I met, it is definitely like in the top three questions, isn't it? When you meet someone, you know, Hey, how are you? What's your name? What do you do? Do you own a business? Do you do this? Do you do that? Instead of like, Hey, what's lighting you up right now? You know, what are you working on? Or what are you excited about? What dreams do you have? What's your genius? You know, getting to know the heart of that person. So I want to start with like, what identities were you told you needed to be, right? There's so many of them. Some of them, some of us grew up as the artistic one or the, the, you know, the older, older brother, the older si sister, the child that was ambitious and a go-getter. And, you know, we developed these identities as like the star athlete, the creative one, the bookworm, the, this, you know, fill in the blank. So I think that there's two things here is like, number one, we, we have these identities that we sort of picked up along the way, you know, constructs of our environment. We have these identities that people told us that we were. And I think, you know, there's some good when we celebrate our talents and our children's talents. We want to be conscious that we're not always just celebrating their doing, their performance. Um, you know, I talk a lot about the fact that for so many years, my identity was rooted in being an athlete athlete. And so, you know, it was like how fast I ran, how I did in the last race, you know, uh, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, we get into groups and it was like, okay, what was your revenue and what's your business doing in profit? And it's like so much of our identity was wrapped up in like the business's performance or profit margins or athletic performance, you know, scores, scoreboards. I mean, it's really crazy when we think about it, right? So a couple questions, you know, to ask ourselves is like, what identities did I form and attach myself to growing up, perhaps in order to survive and or succeed? And I think that there's a lot of really good work around, you know, creating sort of a, an archetype or a persona, um, 
a manifesto that's like, I want to embody more of these characteristics, more of these qualities. You know, I, I do a lot of this work with my clients. When we do identity upgrades, we actually start thinking about what are the characteristics of a person who already has that as a multiplying that and stewarding it well. And, you know, what, how do they think? How do they move? What decisions do they make? Right. And I think that there's a lot of value in that, but we get to remember that that doesn't all define who I am, right? These are like personalities, personas, archetypes that we embody. And they're, they're all different parts of us. We have the capacity to, to show up and present and hold these characteristics, but we're so much more <laughs> than just one thing. And sometimes you had to for, you know, forge a personality or a persona or a front, a mask, whatever word you like to use in order to survive, you know, as a child, maybe you had to survive, uh, but maybe it was also where you got the love, you know, who did you have to be? to succeed. I love that, you know, when Tony Robbins does a lot of interventions, if you've ever been to one of his events, one of the things he says is like, whose love did you crave the most? This is a power question, you guys. Whose love did you crave the most growing up? Whose attention did you seek, right? Was it mom or dad? And who did you need to be or become in order for them to love you or to receive their love, their accolades, their affirmation, et cetera? And it's crazy, right? So I'm thinking like, well, I always had my mom's love. She was so affectionate. She was like so nurturing. She's kind of the epitome, it seems like, of unconditional love. So I never really had to crave or dance or perform or be anything I knew my mom's love felt very solid for me, right? So I pretty much allowed her to see more of the parts of me, the ugly parts, the beautiful parts. You know, my father's love was different. It was, it felt like I had to be beautiful and be a performer. And that's what I got celebrated for, right? It's like, as I grew up and I was always celebrated for how pretty I was or how pretty I looked or the good things that I did, my grades, the good things, the performance, how many goals I scored at the game, how many games we won as a team. And, and those are the things that were always celebrated, recognized, acknowledged. And that's, that was the source of a lot of love. So of course, you start to really enmesh into these identities. It's like, well, that if, if I want to get love, if I, my worth, my value, all of that comes from that. We know that, right? So it's, it's a great question to ask, like, whose love did I crave the most growing up? And who did I need to be um, in order for to receive that love? But it's a great reminder that we are not that personality, right? We are not that identity. So that was the first question is what identity did I have to form and attach myself to in order to survive? What identity did I form or attach myself to in order to succeed? Right? So it could be all-star athlete, like high performer, high achiever, um, you know, entrepreneur. And so we can get, I think that these are all beautiful identities and beautiful personas. Again, this is not knocking any of these. This is just recognizing that we are so much more from these. Number three is what identity have I gotten my sense of connection or love from, right? What identities have I got my sense of significance from? This is a huge one. Like I think back to the days of being a captain or a top 1%, you know, athlete or a business owner that was in the top 1% bracket of my, my mastermind group or a certain industry, right? Like where have you gotten your sense of significance from 
the source. I loved being able to say I was a business owner, entrepreneur, boss of my own reality. Like I enjoyed going to the mastermind events, conferences, think tanks. I loved voraciously reading business books and implementing strategies. And it felt like so enticing. It was a huge driver. And I was like, yes, this is who I am. Until that identity got such a hold of me that I could not separate myself from that identity in order to see the other layers of myself. I became obsessed with being the business owner and I would only feel satiated or satisfied, interestingly enough, for a brief moment when I was making money, when I was growing the business, when I was serving clients, I was working on it in some way. And yes, there was a season of my life when I was a sole provider for my family, right? And the pressure was on to produce and make ends meet, but I was not connected to trust, right? And so I had such an enmeshed identity that I didn't know how to really relax in any other role, any other part of me, right? So we'd go on business or we'd go on family trips and go to the cottage and I'd feel like I needed to get up and get the laptop out and do something productive. And even if I was having a day skiing with the kids or playing on the lake, I would feel like, oh, I didn't get anything done today. I didn't get anything done. I'm such a loser, right? It's crazy. I was forgetting about the part of me that is a mother, you know, and just a woman and a human being that gets to play and enjoy life and enjoy God's creation and enjoy downtime and rest that I'm so much more than just that identity. And I think what I said there is important for us to remember is whenever we are attached to a label, a personality, a, you know, an archetype, an idea, and we cannot separate ourselves from it in the sense that if we're not playing that role, then we don't know who we are, right? So just thinking about that, it's like, I'm so much more than that. A couple other ones here that I want to dive into is I am what I have. I am my stuff. My identity is determined by how much I've gained. My loves, you are not... <laughs> you know, what gives you significance. You are not what you had to do to survive or be to survive. You are not what you do or what you did in the past. You are not what you have, right? What we have up until this moment is a reflection of a lot of things, the decisions we made, right? The actions we've taken, the level of consciousness we were entertaining, the like the people we were connecting with, right? So Again, this is, it gets tricky when we start getting really attached to our beautiful home, our beautiful cars, our beautiful this. I love all those nice things, but I got to remember, I am not, my worth, my sense of security and who I am does not lie in those things. We already talked about the I am what I do. Here's a big one. I am my relationships, specifically my identity is solely determined by my relationship status. So for example, if all of me is being consumed by just like being a mother, not just being a mother is a beautiful role and a beautiful thing to, to be able to be in life. You know, I believe we're all mothers, you know, women, we're all mothers of children. We're mothers of the earth. We're mothers. We're bringing this nurturing energy into the world, but you know, we're more than just we're more than a mother. You know, you might be a mother and a, a wife and a best friend and a lover and a leader. And, and we're so many of these, these spaces. And I think it's, we have, there's so much depth to the tapestry of who we are and who we're created to be. And we can get so entangled in one relationship status that we start to see everything in our life through the lens of just that identity. 
And as we start to go through more of this series, you know, it's, it's interesting that as we open up and we start to acknowledge more parts of ourselves and see more parts of ourselves and more of the beauty and our, and the depth of our personality and our unique signature, how God created us to be, we can begin to open up our range for perspective, for insight, for wisdom, because now we don't have a singular focus and a singular lens where everything's like black or white through the lens of just this one role. So I'm, I am not my relationship status actually, right? I am in relationship. Here's another one is a big one. We're working on this one today with a couple clients is I am what others think of me. My identity is determined and dependent on outside opinion, outside judgment, outside moods. Like if my kids are happy, then I must be, I must be winning. I am a good person, right? If my husband is angry with me, I am a bad person. If my team is disappointed, I'm a terrible leader. Uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm worthless, you know, and how many times, come on, how many times does that kind of language run through your head? Like, oh, I'm a useless piece of, uh, or I'm, I'm worthless when it comes to this. And I hear this language and we have to be so conscious, right? Um, because this is, I believe what it means to build our house. <laughs> our body is the temple, our house, our identity on sand. Um, each of these things above is literally like sand. You know, it's always shifting. It's always changing shape. Think about it. I, what you have changes, what you have shifts shape. It comes, things come, things go. You can throw things out, right? Things move constantly with changing seasons, external conditions. And the reality is like all those things, like our jobs, what we do, what we have, even the relationships in our life, other people's opinions, they can fall apart in a moment's notice, right? Unexpectedly unplanned. All of a sudden you're like, whoa, um, that, that I wasn't expecting it. And especially as I talk to some of you, some of the clients that I'm working on really intimately, especially as I work with people who are going through hard seasons, maybe separation, maybe divorce, maybe a loss of a business or transitioning out of an old way of doing business and creating something new. There's a, there's a deep sense of loss, right? Around like, Ooh, I don't have those relationships anymore. I don't have that job title anymore. I don't have that seed. And, and it's like, really, it can really rattle our sense of identity and we can feel lost in the wilderness. Like, who am I? So if we built our whole sense of self on this superficial stuff or these things, you know, then when it crumbles or it exits our lives, we crumble right along with it. And we lose all of our sense of who we are. We become lost, completely forget at our core who we are. And I believe that that's because we've traded our true identity our true identity for a false one a long time ago. And, you know, I, I was speaking to someone earlier about this topic too. And, you know, saying like to experience loss is human, right? To experience grief when things exit our life, a relationship changes, you know, somebody loses a, a child or a loved one or a marriage uh, takes a turn or anything, right? Like, we have a financial loss or a financial gain. If that stuff really just completely destroys who we are, we feel just, you know, unable to function and show up 
for the rest of the things that God's given us, then, then that's something to pay attention to. So I love that, that question of, you know, who am I without all of these things? I, yes, all of these things are added unto me. I am so grateful. I'm so blessed. I want to keep the blessings of my life. You know, I want my kids to stay healthy. I want my business to continue thriving. I love my clients. I love my husband. I love, yes, 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 Lord, you know, yes to all that. And knowing that if all of those things are not there or if something is taken away or something is being restructured for a season of my life, do I still know who I am, right? So we're doing a little check-in today, a little check-in of, you know, who am I? <laughs> who, how have I defined myself? And so we talked about I'm not the personalities, I'm not some of those ego beliefs of my stuff, other people's opinions. I want to say this, this too, is that two more things I want to cover today. Number one is you are not the labels slapped on you. You are not the labels. I encourage you to dig deep here and truly consider how much of your life has been dominated by certain diagnoses, names that you were called when you were little, even names like childhood names, right? Uh, little nicknames, names that you were called when you were bullied or people at school slap labels on you. Some people limit their whole lives because they have adopted such a deep-seated belief about their limitation. They become entangled and enmeshed with the label. You know, I've seen this all, all kinds of labels and I'm not negating the facts that there's, there are mental health issues and stuff like that. And, and I want to honor that. But at the same time, you are not the label, right? Of whatever the thing is, ADHD or, you know, uh, depression or whatever the, the diagnosis, right. Uh, learning, um, learning disability, I'm disabled. And it's like, you are enabled, you are empowered. We may have certain things that are different and unique, but I really challenge us to consider those things that we think are handicaps and how are they actually superpowers as well? And I'm not discounting, again, any kind of physical illness, past conditions, or anything of the sort, but I'm calling out the fact that often the lines become blurred when we lose ourselves inside of these labels. So um, especially, you know, I think about some of the, like, even my kids, my son, you know, more than one of my children people's children that I work with, you know, sometimes we take these tests and the educational system labels them as like slow learners or they have learning difficulties. And I just want to say like one of the biggest things I've told my child over and over again is that, no, you're just not designed to learn the traditional way of sitting in a box, sitting in a chair all day, right? And you are highly energetic. You get to learn on the go. And so I think that we get to take a hard look when we start looking at labels is what part of my life, I'm taking a little side note, what part of my life and my lifestyle is actually not natural, right? Am I actually fighting nature? Am I fighting my God-given design and trying to fit into a box in a world system that now has labeling that telling me there's something wrong with me, trying to medicate me, trying to get me to think less of myself? Um, and I think we really need to pay attention to that because that's BS, right? Instead of optimizing our own unique way of learning, of expression, of working throughout the day, we are trying to do this cookie cutter crap that does not work. So 
Um, I really believe that label is simply a description our human mind has conjured up to make sense of information so we can categorize it, we can name it, and we want to assign a category to it, right? Isn't it interesting that Webster's Dictionary, I'm reading it right now, defines a label as a verb, meaning to assign to a category, especially inaccurately or restrictively. Interesting. Inaccurately or restrictively. That's what a label is. Hmm. Um, so that's interesting. I want to finish with this last one here. So, you know, as you start thinking about what are some of the labels that have been slapped on you throughout the years, right? And we can just start to call BS on these. We can start to address them for what they are, which are misinformation, right? There, there were temporary ways for people to make sense, to name things so that their brains could make sense of it. It does not mean that is who you are at your core. The last one here is really remembering that, you know, we are not our past. We are not our parents. We are not our past mistakes or anyone else. It's so easy to get wrapped up in the pains and the stories of our past, especially where there was abuse or trauma. And, you know, these are lasting, there are lasting imprints in our nervous systems, our psyches, our soul, but we must be able to, you know, separate or recognize that that memory, that experience I went through is not my being. You know, I, I experienced it. I, I felt it, but it's not who I am at the core. And we are not what happened to us. We are not what someone else did to us. I am not what my parents did or didn't do. I am not the result of their poor decisions or their great decisions. I like who I am today is much shaped by that for sure. Right. We're shaped by that. And I, I pray and hope every day that I continue to show up as a, a woman, a wife, a mother that is really putting seeds of good character in my children, that I'm shaping them and that I'm creating the environment for them to discover who they are and really get to know their own hearts and all of that stuff. But I know that, you know, they are not, their identity is their own unique identity. And I can do much to shape it. I can do much to curate an environment that helps them have a really healthy sense of identity. And I can do much to tear that down and create an environment that creates a terrible sense of identity. So those are some things that, that I wanted to throw out there today. There's a lot more I'm reading here through chapter eight, man, there's some good stuff in here. You guys, I'm excited for this to come out. So as we wrap today, you know, I just want to invite you into this discussion of, is there anything else that you have been believing that you hear yourself, you know, in the background, there's like this chatter, this noise. And I, I do know that the enemy always tries to attack our character, our core identity he tries to constantly get us questioning who we are, our talents, our gifts. Like, and it's like, you are your mistakes. You're not doing enough. You're your past. You're this, you're that. And I would like to just really out the gate, nip this in the bud and say, you know what? I'm just going to make a list right now of all the things that I'm not so that I get that out of the way so I can get clear on who I actually am. So I hope that this, this podcast was helpful for you guys. If you love the show, please pass a word along, leave us a review. These things matter in helping to spread the message. I show up every week here for you guys. I'm pouring out my heart and soul. I'm excited to bring more, uh, some more interviews on. So I'd love to hear from you guys. I'd love to hear. I'd love to connect with you. Make sure you get to follow me on Instagram at the Christine Jewel. Drop me a DM. Let me know what you're enjoying about this show, what you want to hear more of. And uh, yeah, I just want to thank you. Thank you for being here. I think this is such an important 
conversation and an important topic because identity is the stem for everything else, for every decision that we make, for every dream that we move on, for everything that we hesitate on. It's like what you believe about who you are, you know, is so, so key. And I'm going to go into a little bit deeper of that in our next session, our next episode next week. But thank you for being here. As always, if you want to go deeper into this work and you are, you know that you are positioned for an identity upgrade right now, click on the link below, apply to work with me. There is a short application process. It'll come to my team and then we'll send you back an email with the best next step, whether that's a self-paced program, coaching through our community, et cetera. But at least it gets you in the world, in the conversation, and you are taking a step towards that new life. So thank you again. Until next time, here's to loving fiercely, leading courageously. Bye for now. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable, heart-shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game-changing assessment tool, and exclusive member-only offers. Until next time, Warriors. Here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.